Coming up, today's guest is the Vice President of Digital Media Strategy for AccuWeather. You'll discover how the popular weather app increased retention by focusing on load time and getting a user's location down to the neighborhood. She will also discuss her strategy on IoT, Internet of Things, bots, podcasting, and Alexa skills. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to double your downloads using ASO? Check out appmastersacademy.com to discover our exact ASO strategies to grow your downloads. That's appmastersacademy.com. Want to advertise through Snapchat influencers at scale? Check out fanbytes.com and see why brands like Universal and Sony Music use them to market on Snapchat. Learn more at fanbytes.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place, the podcast, the YouTube, the blog that you go to when you want action-packed content to help you grow your app business. And really, the main reason why I do this podcast is because I get to talk to, it's an excuse to talk to some amazing people doing some amazing things in the mobile space. And today, I've got a phenomenal guest that I got to meet at the Mobile Growth Summit in San Francisco. And we got to talk and I said, Trish, you got to come on and let me interview you. So she finally said, yes. We got Trish Makita. She's the Vice President of Digital Media Strategy for AccuWeather. Phenomenal, phenomenal weather app you have to check out. It is AccuWeather.com or just search for AccuWeather in your favorite app store. And throughout her time at AccuWeather, she has worked with operational teams of the forecasting, video, news, and social media, as well as running the digital product and development groups. So without further ado, Trish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Steve. It's great to be here. Trish, anything I missed from your background? Anything you want to add? No, it's, it's, I've been at AccuWeather now officially 18 years. So I've been, I think I'm holding the record of the number of departments worked in. <laughs> I just noticed that too. I was like, wow, Trish, you've been, I was going to say the same thing. Like you've been at AccuWeather for a very long time. So congratulations. Yeah, they've been really great to me. Um, started as a forecaster and moved into many different areas. So um, it's been great. It has been absolutely great. So you've just seen it change all from like pre-mobile to now mobile. And now the thing that I wanted to really talk to you about too is the IoT stuff. Yeah, we're really excited here about IoT, about um, bots and about, I mean, just any platform that you can access content. Everyone's talking weather generally. So yes. Um, weather is very accessible no matter where you want to find it. Now, Trish, something I do routinely to Alexa is just say, like, <laughs> Alexa, what's the weather today, right? Like, how do you get Alexa to be like, okay, get me to use AccuWeather rather than the, like, the default IoT or default weather app that they already have embedded? So the actual fun fact there is that's our weather too. <laughs> oh, get out. We provide them um, with the weather for uh, the main weather app. But yes, AccuWeather does have its own skill, which um, the Alexa um, system calls them skills, which are just little apps that live on the Alexa platform. And um, you add the Alexa, the AccuWeather skill through adding any of the other skills. And then you, you activate it by um, saying AccuWeather, get me the forecast, basically, or um, AccuWeather... Um, uh, 
what's the high today or something like that. Got it. Hey, Trish, I'm still getting the notification, so I don't know if it's an audio setting on Skype yeah. that you need to change. Yeah. Hang on. Let me see if I can shut any of that off. Okay. If you're on a Mac, I just put do not disturb. Frankly, yeah, I am on a Mac. Where how, Where's the do not disturb? So thing? it's on the top right corner, the little, I don't know what the, the hamburger menu things. Just click that. And then if you scroll all the way up, it says a night shift and then do not disturb on the notifications. There's Notification. a today in notifications. Genius. There we go. Yeah. I get all these weird text messages Done. from my wife. Mainly love Done. messages. <laughs> so, so sorry about that. No, it's fine. When you think about IoT, how did you guys first think about it? Like what was like the conversation like, especially from like such a big company like AccuWeather? So many of our conversations start with our partners. We've been, we have great um, OEM type partnership relationships. So we have been talking with um, companies who've got screens on um, refrigerators and screen and screens and on a whole bunch of different appliances. So that kind of it draws our conversations in. And then we start, okay, we start with that OEM and talking about that. So then we expand out and talk to others. Um, you know, a lot of those conversations come out of the CES um, uh, conference because so many of those, those um, companies are representing a lot of different places to, to show the weather. Car stuff comes out of that as well. How do you prioritize? Now that you're so big and you have oh. so many options, right? Like we small people are like, okay, I only have a few options that I got to fix some. But how do you guys prioritize? That is absolutely one of the biggest challenges. We are a um, you know 55 year old company here, and we have not short on ideas. And our our history has been about innovation and trying to stay ahead of a lot of these things. And so we like to dabble, and we do have the ability to dabble as much as possible. So is it just like running a quick test here and there, picking like, hey, these are the platforms that we think are going to be the biggest drivers and just run a small little pilot with them to see how it goes? Yeah, we do, yeah, we do a lot of proof of concepts. We do a lot of like, um, what's the minimum viable product here that we can that we can try and put it out there? And yeah, it may not make money. And a lot of these things clearly aren't monetized um, today. But either were some of our cell phone deals back in 2008, 2009, when we were making some of those deals. Right. And they panned out well. Exactly. Yeah. When you, what's the bot stuff that you guys are working on? You know, so we have a couple of what I call dumb bots um, <laughs> that we've been doing for a long time um, because those came out of some of our um, connected car relationships and um, some of the um, home speaker relationships where it's just decision tree types of here's your question, here's your answer. Um, and we've gotten those better over the years, but we really have now uh, expanded those to be, to utilize other AI capabilities and um, get better and answer questions more like you would talk to a person. And so we're launching, we're launched with um, on the Google Assistant with that, and we're gonna be relaunching our uh, Alexa skill with the bigger and better um, bot framework. What's an Coming example? Um, a lot of times now, you just ask, when you ask the weather, it's going to say the same thing over and over again. It's going to say currently it's this temperature and today right. is going to be partly sunny and a high. But now you can ask things like, do I need an umbrella? Or when is it going to raid next? And we have an amazing product called MinuteCast that will tell you when it's going to start and stop uh, either raining or snowing over the next two hours, minute by minute. So it will say, if you ask it when 
it's going to rain next. It will say it's going to start raining in 19 minutes, that it's going to rain for 12 minutes, and then you'll have a break. Um, so it's a lot different than just saying uh, partly sunny with some showers today. Oh, I love that. Because that's all I yeah. worry about, care about too. Like, hey, can I wear shorts today? <laughs> that's all I'm wondering. Over the exactly. Summer. Exactly. So asking it, do I need an umbrella? Do I need a coat today? Um, those are our simple questions that our newer bot will be able to comprehend and respond. And was that just because of the experience that you guys have that hey, people want to ask this? Or how did you guys figure out that we need to build this type of intelligence in there? I think we knew for a very long time that we wanted to have that capability, but getting the technology of the partner of some partners really to help us build that has been the key. I mean, I think if you, if you ask our, our, you know, our, our founder and chairman about those questions, he said he would have thought about that in 1960. <laughs> <laughs> He's been wanting to do that forever, but I think oh, the technology cool. has finally caught up with that. Uh, we all know that everyone comes to us and they have a question about the weather and we want to answer that question as personalized as possible. I think you guys have done an amazing job on Instagram, like social media, just kind of being like, because, you know, correct me if I, I hope I'm not vetting you, Trish, but like, weather can be kind of boring. Like, hey, you know, like, just tell me what the weather is all about. But how do you, how you have you guys made it sort of like fun and exciting and something to really talk about? You know, I call it like weather voyeurism because there's always something exciting happening, whether, you know, something might be boring and rainy and drizzly here, uh, but I could watch some pretty dramatic footage of weather happening somewhere else. And I think there are a lot of people that are into with social media and that voyeurism that comes with it. Um, we can capitalize, capitalize, but really give people what they're looking for there. Oh, I like that. I think that's how you guys think about it, right? Like, I think you guys have done an amazing job of just being thinking beyond weather to kind of like, okay, on social media, here's what we're going to do. Right. Here's I think, this. Honestly, our entire company is full of really big weather nerds. <laughs> we really just love the weather and we're fascinated by it. And we love talking about it and love sharing the things that we find that's cool and social. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there are, I mean, from executives all the way through the company, like I, I've been promoted from a forecaster. There are a lot of people around the company that are like that. Um, so we do have that passion for weather. That's awesome. Like you started as a meteorologist. Correct. Yeah, yep. that's a that's a really cool. So how let me let me talk about this personally. How have you go gone from starting from this and just adapting to your roles? Like, what's really led to you just now being so successful and executive at Accu AccuWeather? Like, what has been the? I think that I I dig in. I'm not afraid to say what I don't know and what I do know. I do a ton of research. Um, I really just try to immerse myself in any everything that I'm assigned um, and grow and move from point to point, whether it's immersing myself in management, immersing myself in um, app marketing. Now I'm immersing myself into podcasts. I really just jump in and learn it and then be able to pull that weather point of view and perspective back in. You know, this leads me to my next question. I think it's a great transition into before we hit record, I said, you know, what's one thing working well for you today? And you said podcasting. Like what made you guys want to get into the podcasting space? Like it almost felt like we were too late. We, we you know, <laughs> all love podcasts and we're like, yeah, we really want to do one, but we don't want to do a boring one. We don't want it to be a forecast related one. You know, we want to, what could we do that could be great? Um, and so it took us a little bit to really get going on that. And I, I think that, you know, we're still newer to it. We've just, we're about to launch our eighth uh, weekly episode, um, but we're really excited about it. And I'm, I'm really excited about our daily uh, flash briefing version of it um, as well. Yeah. What's the flash briefing? 
briefing? Like, well, how's that different from like the normal, hey, Alexa, what's the weather today? Yeah, so now you also have the AccuWeather skill on Alexa that's our flash briefing skill, and it's called the AccuWeather Daily. And if you search AccuWeather, you'll, you'll, you'll see one at the top of the list, but you scroll down, there's one at the bottom of the list <laughs> that's the AccuWeather Daily. And if you add that to your flash briefing, um, where you can get flash briefings for a lot of different news sources. So when you wake up in the morning, you can say, hey, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? It, gives, it runs through um, a whole bunch of you know, news articles for the day. And so... Um, that daily isn't just accessed through Alexa. You can you can access it through your Google Home device, and you can get that daily on iTunes just as well, and as a, as well as your other podcast, um, your favorite podcast place. Um, but yes, it's 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 designed to be. What is everyone talking about the weather today? What is a water cooler conversation that I may have about the weather today? It's not necessarily forecast related, but it's how. Um, can I discuss that weather when you get, you know, you're looking for that, uh, icebreaker <laughs> in the conversation. You go, Hey, right. I just learned this about AccuWeather. You know, I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk a lot about Alexa skills and I've, you know, I started thinking about like, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't like, how have you guys, you know, whether one, like how'd you guys decide to make a jump into this Alexa skill? Obviously you got great partnerships with them already. And two, like, how's it working out for you guys? It, it's I would say that it's, I don't even remember how it started, honestly. I, I, I don't remember which one came first. I think our skill came first. We were, we were partners with Amazon and we were talking about doing skills. So we did one and they liked ours so much that they said, hey, let's, how, how, do we, how can we work together um, to do the weather together as well? So um, how's it been working? I think it's still a new platform yeah. that they are being very conscious about advertising on. Um, so that's a little bit difficult to monetize because of that. But I think we've got a lot of sponsors that are looking for those sponsorship partnership relationships um, that Amazon is open to. And I think the way it works, correct me if I'm wrong, Trish, but you, if a skill exists, you can just say, hey, Alexa, you know, or Alexa, like open this skill, right? You just call it by its skill. And I, I was thinking back to like the SEO days where like one guy that I know has sleep sounds. So like Alexa, play sleep sounds. And that'll just open up the skill. As long as the skill exists, you can install it just by with your voice, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I was like, what? But this guy has sleep sounds. So anybody would probably want that, right? Like you have a generic term. Say Alexa, open sleep sounds. And then boom, you don't even need to install, quote unquote, install it. It just looks like we'll grab that skill. Yeah. It, it'll prompt you though, just to say, do you want to add it? But yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's freaking amazing. All right. What I want to move on to next is retention. Now, some may say, Trish, like, hey, it's a weather app. Retention should be easy. They're going to check it every day. But I'd love to know how you guys have attached, attacked retention, how you really make an app sticky. But before I do, I want to thank my first sponsor, fanbytes.com. If you're looking to work with Snapchat influencers, that will crush, crush, absolutely crush the CPIs that you're spending on Snapchat ads and even Facebook ads, well, go check out fanbytes.com. They've done tremendous works for past clients of ours. And that's how really we got connected. Client asked me, hey, do you know somebody that works with Snapchat influencers? I said, go check out Fanbytes. And they were like, dude, thank you for the recommendation. They're killing it. And they're getting CPIs of less than 50 cents for their game on Snapchat with Fanbytes. And so Fanbytes came to me and said, hey, we want to do more stuff with you. And I was like, that's amazing. Let's do it. And they've done some phenomenal, phenomenal success for a bunch of different clients that they work with as well. So if you want to get $500 off your first campaign, 
All right. All you got to do is go to appmasters.com slash fanbytes. Spell it any way which one you want, but it is with a Y. It's the geeky way of spelling fanbytes, but go appmasters.com slash fanbytes and you'll get access to that $500 coupon exclusive to the AppMasters Academy. I mean, sorry, <laughs> community. It is once again, appmasters.com slash fanbytes. All right, Trish. So tell me about retention. How do you guys think about it? How do you guys approach it? And what are the things that really work well for you guys? I think the things that every, you know, app kind of goes through is, you know, you spend so much time on your ASO, you spend so much time on user acquisition strategies, and you get them to the storefront, and you got to get them into the app, and then get them to use the app. Um, and if your experience isn't a great one, that's the last time they use that app. So if you're going to spend all that time getting them there, um, we focused a lot about you know, making sure they can get into the app quickly. Um, it's not like loading maybe a game app or a different app that you are going to be in for a long period of time. A lot of people are in, or, in and out of our app multiple times a day. Um, so that speed to load, when we decreased the speed to open the app, um, we doubled our retention. Wow. And that's incredible, right? So it's really about encouraging those users to come back and check multiple times a day. Um, and like you said before, you know, how do you keep people, you know, engaged when the weather is really boring or it could be boring every day. Um, but everyone uses the weather to plan their day all, every day, all the time. And just getting people to use our product, um, is, is our, is our challenge. So once they give it a try, we want them to enjoy it once they're there. Have you guys tested what kind of features to show, whether it's a forecast, the seven day forecast, 10 day forecast, you know, anything fun that you guys have sort of A-B tested? Oh, we, we test everything. So yes. And some of that evolves. So, you know, we're starting to go through some new, um, uh, you know, kind of, well, redesigns. I think we're looking to kind of refresh it. It's been about a while since we've refreshed mm -hmm. the app. And so we're retesting a lot of things because the app, um, apps change, right? And the whole ecosystem evolves and people are used to dealing with different types of apps and different types of interactions um, where scrolling up and down might have been very common. Now there's a lot of side to side swiping. Um, there's a lot of different things that people are used to now. Um, so we're trying to incorporate some of those as well. So you have to constantly test and change. Yeah. So we are doing that. Anything that you've from like a testing perspective, anything like an example that you have by any chance or? Of what worked and what didn't. Yeah. You know what? None pops to my mind. Let me think. Um, I think some of the bigger, like the word video isn't um, a great one. News definitely performs better, which I was, I was surprised about a little bit. Um, there was some testing recently around the word radar versus maps when you're looking for radar. Um, are, are you inclined to click on the button that says radar or maps and not everyone understands the difference sometimes of, and that, that types of thing. So we you know when you're dealing with a scientific thing and sometimes right. we, we understand a little bit more than the public does or something like that. Uh, we have to really test and make sure that we're, we're talking to everyone. Yeah. I like that. And I like the, the allergies. That's a big thing for me. <laughs> like, yes. I need to, I need to know that. Yes, me as well. <laughs> <laughs> the what are some other things that you guys have worked on for from a retention standpoint? Because I I used to focus a lot of my podcast episodes on growth, but now like I, I'm sort of making that shift to retention. There's enough growth strategies out there: retention, monetization, things like that. So another big thing for us is the hyper local aspect of our 
um, our products and your first imp- and it goes back to your first impression mm-hmm. uh, when it when you open the app and it tells you where you are in when you're in let's say um, Manhattan it doesn't say that you're in Manhattan or it doesn't say you're in New York City it says which area of Manhattan are you in? Are you in Hell's Kitchen? Are you in Midtown? Mm-hmm. Um, so that aspect of being hyper-local, and we're going to be even moving towards, you know, having the address or having, you're at this address, but that's a Starbucks, you know? So we, we our forecasts are that hyper-local. So we want you to know that you're getting a forecast that's different than it would be um, three blocks away. Because um, that's important, especially when it comes to that minute-by-minute forecast. Um, so, so that helpful for us but it's also very helpful in our global footprint. And we are, you know, our AccuWeather is very large internationally as well. And a lot of people don't realize but that realize that, but that is due to our uh, large partnerships across the world. And that local experience, when you open up the, the app and it tells you your village and it gets it right, is so important to people to give that first sense of, okay, if they've got my location correct, um, they must have the forecast correct. You know, and that, um, trust that gets built from the very beginning of the app open to make sure that, that we are hyper local. And of course, I mean, we haven't even talked about our accuracy and our superior accuracy of the forecast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those, those two things really lend that trust building. Um, and with the weather app, that's important. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I loved about it too. Like, it says Blackhawk, which is the neighborhood that I'm, my office is in. And, uh, you know, like certain other apps that I might have used might say like the broad city. And it's like a neighboring city. I'm like, dude, I'm not in that city, but I guess it's close enough because the weather doesn't dramatically change here in California. But I love this, the accuracy. And it, it's so true because, you know, some may think like, oh, you know, you know, the, the city, that's kind of cool, but, or the neighborhood. But the fact that you know that, like you said, instills that trust that says, Hey, we're going to be really, we know where you are and we're going to be really accurate with the data. So, okay. Get geeky with me because I know you're a past meteorologist, but tell <laughs> us a little bit more about the accuracy of it. You know, um, we have a team of meteorologists, um, on the operations floor that are just second to none. They're amazing. So we've been, you know, everyone's talking about machine learning and AI and, you know, big data and all the data crunching. We've been doing that for decades, you know, so we've been crunching numbers and having multiple weather sources, um, come into this building and get put together, uh, for the forecasters to take a look at, to edit, to add their, um, their skill on top of the forecasts. Um, and we are uh, improving every day. And, you know, I, I, can't, I wish I knew the quote of how accurate the forecasts are for seven days now or three days now that used to be the seven day. Right. Um, it's just we just keep pushing ourselves to do it better and better and further and further out. Again, we're, we're here to help everyone plan their lives and, you know, protect their families. Now, from a notification standpoint, and kind of sticking with the retention theme are you guys doing have you done anything around like testing different notifications i know it's probably going to be key to those who are living in more like high i don't know what the right word is but like where the climate changes a lot and you need to know that if it's going to snow and all these things but like what have you guys done from a notification standpoint so historically we've been really focused on the government uh, severe weather alerts and notifications and not just the U.S. We've been working. It's another one of our differentiators where we work with a lot of different um, countries around the world to get their first party uh, watches and warnings and alerts so that we can alert uh, the citizens the same way that they would be getting alerted through any other um, media source. So we've 
traditionally been just sticking with that. And when you get an alert from us, you know it's important and it's something you should take action with. Um, we've done some re-engagement alerts, uh, so we've pushed with those. You know, we're going through a whole push roadmap now um, to see it, about expanding and really testing some of that. We are very conscious about not over-alerting because we don't want to give some what, push fatigue or yeah. notification <laughs> fatigue. Um, I don't want you to ignore an alert from AccuWeather um, for a tornado warning because you've gotten five other alerts that were more editorial or, 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 or marketing types of pushes. Our core mission is about saving lives and protecting property. Um, and we need to continue to do that. Now we are looking to expand our push because I think that warning people ahead of time and kind of giving them some more of the editorial context about what's happening or what's to come, I think is important. Um, and as well as warning, you know, we talked about our Minicast product about how fabulous it is about, you know, telling you when it's going to start raining in 19 minutes. Um, that could be a push. We all know that could be a push. Right. Um, again, I don't want that push fatigue to prevent the life-saving pushes. Right. I love that. And it could be that, you know, maybe in California, we want to know when it's going to rain a little bit more. Whereas like maybe somebody in Seattle where they get rain all the time, like you, you might not need that push notification because you've, you probably got a pretty good idea that it's probably going to rain today. Right. So I think building out that personalization and the customization pieces around the notification mm -hmm. section is definitely something that we're working on actively right now. That's awesome. And how do you prioritize, you know, I know you got deep in, <laughs> deep knowledge in product. So like, how yeah. do you guys, you know, prioritize product when you're thinking about new ideas to work on and this new UI that I'm eager to see too, Trish, like, how do you guys prioritize that? I mean, it really comes down to doing some business cases around a lot of the different things and figuring out what do we think the, the value is going to be to our users, to the monetization piece, um, to everything. As we, we have a giant list of backlog of what we want to do, and we're constantly looking at it to see uh, what we should be doing for our users, what we should be doing for our advertisers, um, and what we should be doing to keep up with our competitors and to be differentiated. Um, so we're, we're con it's, a, it's, it's a constant struggle for the product team. You know, I wish that someone just gave me a big check so we can hire all the developers out there. And we, you know, we need some great developers. We're always looking for some great developers so that we can um, get all these great ideas into the products. That's awesome. As soon as from, I dream them. <laughs> <laughs> from a monetization standpoint, anything you can share what's worked for you guys? Um, I think, so this probably the uh, I don't, you know, this year we've been focused a lot on, on viewability. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, obviously, GDPR has been a big um, buzzword for everyone this year. Um, I've actually stayed away from a lot of that this year. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting them, them do their thing, honestly, right now and trying not to uh, uh, get in their way on, on some of that. Um, I think that um, some of our like our sponsorships have really come uh, come along great this year, and we've got a nice uh, sales team in New York that's able to explain the value that we have um, in the marketplace. That's awesome, Trish. Anything that I missed you want to cover? We didn't talk about podcast as much as I'd like to. Yeah, I want to talk more about, about my yeah. podcast. Um, you know, I talked about you know not wanting a boring one, and I really would like to everyone to understand that we want to tell the story about the weather and we're telling a lot of stories about um, whether it's someone's career. We've got a lot of forecasters here that've seen a lot of different storms and how they, how it's impacted uh, the weather industry over the years. So we've got a lot of stories coming about that. We've got a story coming about a forensics um, 
a forensics case where we, you know, weather is used to solve crime. <laughs> so, um, wow. there's some, there's some really cool things. There's a great, um, weather history piece that we've got coming out. So we, we generally won't tell you your forecast for the weekend in the podcast. We're going to be telling you <laughs> about how things work That's and, a- and, and trying to tell the story about the weather. That's really cool. How did you guys come up with that angle? Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like the daily New York. I love the New York Times one. So it's like, hey, we're going to do that, but we're going to spin it with the, because that's what it kind of reminded me of when you're kind of talking about the topics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and again, we're, we're no short on ideas. We've got topics lined up um, that I find fascinating. Hopefully every, everyone will as well. We've got a lot of different things. We'd love to hear feedback, obviously, but we have a pretty engaged audience. There are some really passionate weather people out there, yeah. um, but I don't want to just appeal to those weather people. I want to appeal to you who's in California who may not think about the weather all the time, um, but there's some pretty cool things that happen uh, in the in the world when it comes to the weather. Are you involved in the the podcast too, Trish? Uh, I am uh, on the business side of it currently. I'm helping to get some of the partnerships and the and the contracts in place. And yeah. and I always give my two cents on editorial things. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, well, as you know, I love podcasts as well, and I'm super excited about this one. As you can tell, you are as well. Yep, I, I I've I don't. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about a new product. That's awesome, Trish. Well, Trish, before we hit the big, big, big finish, I want to thank Clever Tap, my second sponsor for the podcast. Look, we talked a lot about engagement with Trish and she talked about loading time. Well, if you want to segment your users, so you're like, hey, I know people in Blackhawk in Danville don't care about the weather, but they love to get push notifications when it's going to rain because they need to know that we don't always have an umbrella with us. Then Clever Tap will show you a way to segment your users when they're the most active in your app. So if Trish knows that I'm checking the weather app every day at 6 a.m. or every night at 9 p.m. just to plan for the next day, she can put content or push these, send these push notifications to make sure I routinely check it. And that's what CleverTap does. And I'm going to show you a case study. Black Friday fm they increased their engagement to 10%. Now, if you're talking 10%, not a huge number, but if you got millions of people using your app, 10% is a huge number. What they're able to do is figure out who using the analytics of CleverTap is when the when users are the most engaged and by sending the push notification, giving them a little coupon code, they were in, able to increase app engagement and obviously their sales as well. So that's what CleverTap allows you to do. Really use their data, capture the data and make sure you can segment and do the right things. And it all happens on one platform. So the push notifications, you can send it through Clever. Tap. It's a one-stop shop for marketing automation, and they've got some AI and machine learning stuff coming up as well. If you want to get started, go check out clevertap.com. Let them know you heard it on this podcast so I can get a little love too. It is once again, clevertap.com. Trish, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. What is one app we definitely have to check out? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, Steve. Um, I'm looking at my app. I'm looking at my phone. And the thing that I use every day, besides social media, you know, we use all those things. I, I'm sorry. I just got to say it's pretty simple. It's time hop. Um, it's because of the nostalgia aspect of it. It's like why I'm just trying to think about why I use that and the feeling you get when you use the app. And so maybe it's not the best um, UX and UI experience app, but it, I use it every day. I'm like on a record of like 750 days in a row that I've used Are this app. Are you serious? App. I'm no joke. So like, 
trying to figure out how, you know, all of your app listeners out there and all your app builders out there, how do you put that, that feeling of nostalgia in and that stickiness right there, right? I love that. I'm downloading as we speak right now. How you don't use time app? I oh don't. <laughs> Oh this is why goodness. I like this question so much because I get to learn about new apps and then old apps that obviously I've heard about Tinehop, but like, you know, like people just say it and then it gets me excited and check it out. And sometimes I'm like, I got to reach out to Timehop and get them on the podcast. There you go. I love it. Trish, what's <laughs> one lesson that took you the longest to learn? Oh, wow. Um, to not argue <laughs> all the time. <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's a great thing. Sometimes you, um, you know, you have a feeling and you know, you're right, but you have to let the data speak for itself. Mm. Um, and to try to explain it isn't always going to work for you. You have to use the data to explain it. So, um, less feeling, more data. Oh, <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> and the, well, for the listeners out there, the website is AccuWeather, but you probably want it on your iPhone or Android phone. So go just search for AccuWeather in your favorite app store to get check out the app. And let's just check out the little things that Trish has already talked about that you might be able to use in your app business as well. But they've got a great app and they'll give you accurate data. It is AccuWeather. You guys all have heard about it as well. Trish, anywhere else you want to send the listener? Anything personally that you want to send them as well as to like your Twitter or LinkedIn? Um, LinkedIn is always great. My Twitter is, is used randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I got some Twitter fatigue and, and, and use it randomly. Um, but yeah, you could reach out and always ask me a question if you want to on Twitter. And that's just at Trish Makita. Um, it's pretty easy Correct. and LinkedIn as well. Okay. Anyone else you want to send them the, the listener? Um, I, I, I think you nailed it. I think I want, uh, app, some, um, some, some people checking out the app to find that minute cast. I think that most people don't realize the power of knowing when you can go for a walk to, to walk your dog and not get rained on. <laughs> and it's on AccuWeather is on all your favorite IOT platforms as Correct. well. So check them out yeah. there as well. And the podcast that Trish is so excited about just search for AccuWeather in your favorite podcast app as well. Trish, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you so much, Steve. It's great. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.